Welcome to Stories with Soul. I am your host, Jamie Ice, musician turned entrepreneur and co-founder of 6th Ave Homes and 6th Ave Storytelling. Over the past 10 years, I have launched multiple successful businesses and have become obsessed with all things entrepreneurship and marketing. I've been on a personal quest to unpack what it takes to make and grow a great brand. One thing that I've discovered is that stories are powerful and that storytelling has the power to set a brand apart. Join me as I dive into the stories of the heavy-hitting leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and business owners in our community to hear their biggest wins, greatest losses, and their best business secrets. There's a story behind every great brand. Welcome to Stories with Soul. Stories with Soul is brought to you by my company, 6th Ave Storytelling. In 2020, we launched a marketing company on a mission to encourage entrepreneurship and make starting and growing a small business easier than ever before. Since then, we have helped hundreds of small businesses and entrepreneurs grow their brands by giving them the tools, resources, strategy, and support they need to craft and share their stories. If you are thinking about launching and growing your own brand, schedule a meetup with me today. I would love to talk to you. Head over to 6thAvStorytelling.com and let me show you how the storytelling approach can transform your marketing strategy. All right, guys, welcome to another episode. I am joined today by my friend, Red Sanders. Uh, we just waved at each other. Yeah. <laughs> hi, hi, Jamie. <laughs> but man, I'm, I'm excited to have you on this. I've, I've been wanting to do this for a while, um, especially because we've known each other for a really long time. But before we get in, before we get into the, 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 the backstory, I'm going to read your bio. Okay, uh, So Red is the founder of Red Productions. He started his first successful entertainment company at the ripe age of 12, which is wild. I want to hear about that. <laughs> Uh, since then, he has combined his entrepreneurial spirit, media expertise, and love of visual storytelling to create one of the premier media production companies in DFW. Red Productions is an Emmy award-winning full-service script-to-screen media production company specializing in national TV commercials, brand films, TV series, and feature-length films. You guys, have, I feel like, have put film on the map in Fort Worth. Red graduated from TCU in 2004, where he majored in radio, TV, and film, and studied at the Neely School of Business Entrepreneurship Program. Uh, in 2015, Red worked with the Fort Worth Chamber, visit Fort Worth, and Mayor Price to found the first ever Fort Worth Film Commission. Uh, we, we can thank you for that. Y'all have, again, changed the yeah. game for film of Fort Worth, uh, with the goal to promote Fort Worth to outside filmmakers to come and tell stories and create jobs here. Red chairs the Lone Star Film Society board and is a Texas Media Production Alliance board member uh, where they just advocated for, for the entire state. Uh, you, you helped push through $200 million in incentives to, to bring films to Texas, yep. which is a, a huge deal. You recently created and produced Self-Employed, an eight-episode TV series following our friend and, and 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 fellow, he's been on the podcast, Jonathan Morris, as he travels the country and shares his stories. That show is on Chip and Joanna Gaines Magnolia Network and Disney Plus. Uh, you or also, Max now or Max? Yeah, it changed. Oh, it's it on Max? Yeah, like HBO. Uh, yeah, but they just call it Max now. Yeah. So. Oh man, I didn't realize that. You also produced Kendrick Lamar's music video for the song in '95 here in Fort Worth. And it won Best Cinematography at the 2022 MTV Awards, which is also super cool. He's married to Jenny Sanders, and together they have three young children, Hank, Eloise, and Owen. And you you guys do all sorts of adventures. You were, you were just in New York yeah. this past week, right? Yeah, for fall break. So, man, quite quite the bio. I'm stoked to have you. Um, and, and again, I... I 
I, I feel like you have, man, j- just done a lot for the city of Fort Worth in terms of, of making this a place where people want to film and do TV shows. Like, you know, from 1883 to a lot of stuff that has happened here would not have happened if you hadn't planted roots. Um, so, anyways, I want to talk about that, but I want to I want to start off our conversation with the the first time I met you, and we mm-hmm. we were we were reminiscing about this the other day. Yeah, um, was I I was a freshman at TCU, and I guess you you must have been a senior. Looking, you graduated Probably. in 2004. You you, Four, were, yeah. you were a senior or a junior, um, and I me and, and Jimmy had had started this thing called the Ferority. It was like old school had just come out, and we're like we're gonna start our own fraternity <laughs> sorority thing. Um, anyways, and I got this email, like I distinctly remember I had like this giant desktop with the big, you know, monitor. Yeah. And I got this email at, like midnight from this guy named DJ Red Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you were like, my name's DJ Red. DJ and, Red. And I would love to DJ a party for you guys. Yeah. And, uh. Anyways, and, uh, but that that was my that that was how we met. I, I, I'm, assu- I'm assuming we dialogued back and forth. Yeah, I mean, when when I was at TCU there, yeah, I would like DJ parties and and weddings and whatnot to pay for school. And so, uh-huh. when you know, once I got plugged in at TCU and on campus, it was really fun working with all. So the you're different doing all the parties, groups, the fraternities, and, and sororities. Yeah, I, I I remember I rushed and then and then I started asking around. And I was like, hey. uh, I got this DJ company, and they're like, oh, cool, so you'll DJ our parties for free. And I was like, no, it doesn't work like that. Not for free. Um, I'll actually need weekends off. And they're like, oh, well, no, you're a pledge on the weekend. So I was like, I don't think this is going to work. But uh-huh. Ended up, you know, working with all of them. So Yeah. but And, and then, yeah, and you were, you were like, were best, best friends, good friends with Paul Steele, who was the Green River Ordinance manager yeah. for, for years and years and years, and y'all shared an office. And so... Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's been fun. Cause I, I, I feel like anyways, that man, that was back in like 2003, 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, we're old now. I know <laughs> it's like 21 <laughs> years ago. This is pretty wild. Okay. Well, well, Red, take me, take me back. So, so even back then in college, you were hustling, <laughs> you, you were hustling, you were DJing, uh, you were doing film stuff. But so you said this, the, your, your bio said you started your first, uh, successful entertainment company <laughs> at 12 what does that what that does was that the mean? that was the dj company you were djing at yeah. 12 yeah and i would like show up at events with all my gear and i had like i w- had a guy that would assist me and um he was older and so everyone thought that it was his company and i was just there to help and i was like he they would ask him questions like oh you're gonna you gotta talk to red and they're like what that's the guy we booked <laughs> the 12 year old <laughs> but um it was really fun i grew up in grapevine and just doing lots of different parties and events around town and then got into weddings and do you get like speakers and stuff? like how do you start oh, yeah. a dj service uh one of my my mom was a teacher at the high school and one of her students willie trimmer was uh graduating and uh he kind of just took me under his wing taught me some of the things and sold me some of his gear when he moved off to college and i just and and also about that time too, Radio Shack was like still in business, uh-huh. and I would like ride my bike down the street to Radio Shack, and I would like look at all this audio gear and be like, I don't know what this does, but I'm gonna buy it, and uh-huh. figure it out. And, and were you having to like buy? Were you using CDs and stuff, or like? Uh oh yeah, uh, <laughs> you got like a big binder, big old box of like you know you carry like three different boxes of CDs in and binders, uh-huh. yeah. And uh, now you could just show up with a phone, and yeah, <laughs> a little, a little phone, but. And so, and so you were, you were making money doing that? Yeah. And so from so much that, like, I remember when I got like, 
a few years into it, I asked my mom, like, I'm 14, 15, like, should I go get, like, a regular job? And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I don't know, like, Target or something. She's like, people pay you, like, $30 an hour to come play music at a party. <laughs> she's like, you, you, what, that's good money. Uh, <laughs> Focus on that. So. And, we, and so were you, so media, you were in, in into music. Are you still mm-hmm. in music? Are you still, is music still part? I still love music, yeah. Uh-huh. And love when we get to do, like, music videos and kind of combine both there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, uh, yeah, I was, uh, like, growing up with mom is, was an artist, is an artist still, and, and my dad was a flight attendant. Uh, and like dad would bring back cameras from Japan before they ever imported them to the U S and, uh, my mom being an artist too, like we'd just make these fun little like short films with my friends. And that was like early on. Was this like VCRs or was it? Like it was like, it was digital. high eight digital, like before again, like back then it was wild how much longer it took technology to kind of make the jump mm-hmm. overseas. So, so you, so your dad would travel, bring you back. Yeah, we'd have to like go through the menu and in Japanese and figure out how to switch it to English. <laughs> uh-huh. So you were making movies as a kid. Yeah, and we you we, we like so. What kind of artist is your mom? She does a lot of different mediums, but you know, mostly like painting and and some sculpture work. So okay, and that's that was kind of where you got this artist side. Yeah, I can't paint for anything like uh-huh. with, with my hands and a paintbrush, but but you I were love, making home movies. And, yeah, and yeah, always like with the camera early on. There was like. It was like DJing and then like messing around with the camera, and making our own little home videos. I started being like, "Oh well, we're doing weddings," so I was like, "I'll do wedding video and DJ combined." You were shooting weddings in high school. Yeah, and then I realized like no one wanted to pay at that time for a wedding video what they would pay yeah. for the DJ side. So I started just doing other things for like on the video side for like nonprofits and churches and whatnot. And so you were making money as a high schooler doing videos and doing DJs. Yeah. And- yeah. Cause when it came down to figure out college, I was like, you know, uh, mom being an art teacher and dad flight attendant. I was like, looked at some out of state colleges, but I was like, well, I got this business going. I guess if I stay here and go to college for- locally, I can keep client base that's here. So and keep and it going. So you went into college with a, as a small business owner. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And was it, it, it wasn't Red Productions back then, was it? Was it was it? Red's DJ and creative <laughs> video company, like the longest name ever. That's so awesome, man. And but. you, you did studied entrepreneurship? This episode is sponsored by the Fort Worth Business Press. As a Fort Worth entrepreneur and small business owner, the Business Press is my favorite source for news and updates about the entrepreneurial community in and around Fort Worth. I read their email newsletter literally every day. It's always full of insights and stories that really matter. Are you ready to be more connected? Sign up for their free newsletter at fortworthbusinesspress.com. But if you're like me and the newsletter just isn't enough, you can become an insider. With the code STORYTELLING10, all one word, you'll get a discount on the insider membership. Insiders receive exclusive access to special content, 24 issues of the Business Press delivered to your door each year, and discounts on event registrations and more. Join me and the Fort Worth Business Press in staying up to date on the people, companies, and issues that matter most to Fort Worth. Yeah, they they formed David Miner has always been a mentor and now friend, and he uh, he started the entrepreneurship program there after a successful sale of his business, and that was like my towards the end of my junior year. So basically, like senior year, I took classes in that program, and then I came back after I graduated and audited, like continued taking classes. Man, with him good, and so. good for you. I, I wish I had done, I don't think like 
this the idea of entrepreneurship or that that as a career that as a thing i didn't even know what that was i don't think yeah it was all like kind of new and higher ed at that time i think like to actually have a program focused on that and not traditional you know finance accounting or Mm -hmm. business management because you know as an entrepreneur it's very different business to manage so yeah it totally is like the in that world you're learning like the stock market and yeah funds and yeah which is not small business entrepreneurship so 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 you went to tcu and you worked all throughout college yep and and what what was the what was that transition look like like what did you do after yeah when i when i graduated i I sat down with david to mention a moment ago and we would do this like breakfast once a month and uh, it was like six months before I graduated and all my friends with their film degrees were like moving to LA and New York and But you I was, didn't have a film degree. Oh yeah, you? I studied oh, you did. film okay, at you did. TCU, okay. yeah. And um, or that was my major. So, but uh, I told David and he wasn't in the industry, but you know, he had run a successful business there. I was like, look, I got this good thing going here. It seems like but it doesn't feel like there's an industry here for it. And, you know, friends are moving to LA and New York and I feel like I should go there. And it was such a great conversation that morning. So simple, but it really changed my whole course in life. And he was like, what if you stay here, plant a flag here, grow to where you want to be here and then go to LA or New York on your own terms and not have to, if you move out there right now, you'll have to work your way up, you know, and you're, Mm -hmm. he goes, whatever business you have here probably isn't going to, work out there because it's you know you'd be like we i would have been like such a small fish in an ocean there so Mm -hmm. so that was really fun but like you know pretty quickly once i i did that i realized like and it was great you mentioned paul still earlier like still one of my best friends like we had offices across the hall from each other at tech fort worth um right after college there and that was fun like being in a startup mode with other entrepreneurs but i also like i mean you know, he's in music management, totally different industry. And so I, you know, I was like kind of lonely in Fort Worth, like in what we're doing. I, we didn't want to, I didn't have this dream of like being the only shop in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I wanted other people to feel like welcome here to, to start and grow or bring their business. Lo- lonely in the sense that you were the only one kind of push doing this film video world. Yeah. But, oh, also the other big change at that time was YouTube started that same year that I graduated. And so I was like, oh, maybe I can stay here and, like, make videos and, you know, now that there's, like, a different distribution platform. It's not all about an expensive 30-second TV spot. Mm-hmm. And that really was a game changer. Because you were you were, you were were filming, like, TCU graduation stuff and selling the DVDs. Is that, <laughs> is that right? I, I, I feel like I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I thought, man, graduation's really long. Um, how, how do I make money sitting there? <laughs> and I went to the school and Margaret Kelly, who's still a good friend, her email in this morning. And I was like, Hey, she was, she was in charge of graduation. And I was like, no one videos this. There wasn't screens then by the yeah. way too. And, and, okay. the, and so we would, we would like bring in screens. We would do like a whole, you know, live lives, you know, in the, in the space live at it. And then we offered DVDs for people and and that was like your, you were, it wasn't through TCU. It was like you literally, you're buying the graduation. Yeah, we, we did it, you know, kind of in partnership with TCU. Like yeah. they 
But I remember that, like, I could get a video of my graduate. Well, I never didn't actually graduate. But if I did, I, <laughs> I could we could edit you in. I could we can go it. back. I could have bought it from. But you, but you let's were, go. Let's go get you like a, a cap and gown. Yeah, we'll pull up the old master and yeah, from two thousand seven. <laughs> yeah. I think is what it should have been. Yeah. But you were always hustling. I think that's what I loved about you. Is like it not you always just had a had a thing you were chasing and making money doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, but always like with good people around me, where it was like you know from mentors to um, you know our friends slash first employees is like. We were all in that, you know, together in the beginning. Yeah. Really fun. So, so, so Paul was, I, I met Paul. We, we mentioned his name. Pa mm -hmm. Paul Steele is, he, he's currently a partner at Triple Eight Management. Is yeah. That, in that Nashville. And, um, but I, I met him, I think when I was a freshman in high school or no, no, senior in high school, he was like a freshman or sophomore at TCU. Yeah. And we were, we were youth leaders on this high school retreat. Uh, for our, our church and anyways like, he was like oh, I was like what do you want to do when you grow up he's like I want to be a, a manager of bands and I was like well I'm in a band I'm in a band I'll I'm and he was like, I'll manage you but he Paul went on to I mean he he manages Drew Holcomb, Drew Holcomb yeah. found Ben Rector yep. Judah and the Lion he, anyways but very very successful in, in the Nashville uh, music world but, but I remember you guys had this shared because you were a few years older than me y'all had this shared office at was it, it's Tech Fort Worth. Yeah, we were like across the hall from each other in what we called the kindergarten wing because <laughs> I think all the other people who were like older there, uh, you know, were like, what are these college graduates <laughs> these, doing down these there? 22-year-olds. Yeah. And it was always, y'all would be there like at 11 o'clock at night. Oh, yeah. And there'd be loud music playing and y'all yeah. would be playing like basketball with little like Nerf balls. Yeah. And, and the alarm would always like automatically arm at midnight and we'd have to like remember to like run down the hall and disarm uh -huh. it. Otherwise we'd be like trapped in there. Yeah. Because it would set off the motion detector. But man, <laughs> I would just have these, I have fantastic memories of going up there at like 11 o'clock at night and visiting you guys and it just seemed so fun. Yeah. And I was like, you have these two 22 year olds <laughs> with these <laughs> starting a business with a legitimate office. Yeah. Uh, I remember too, like when we first moved in there, like they had like a little networking thing is tech Fort Worth and it's still there and it's a really yeah. great resource for entrepreneurs in the city and um but they had like a little mixer thing and everyone get to know each other and people were like asking us questions about our business and someone got like uh but do you do you actually make revenue <laughs> I'm like yeah this isn't like a treehouse club like <laughs> and yeah and y'all are both like young looking yeah you both have like kind of baby faces yeah. a little bit I mean Paul also would probably hate for me to bring it up but uh Remember at the time, uh, Christ Chapel, he would dress up as Napoleon Dynamite. was like uh -huh. a big film then. Yeah. Uh, so he also had that look going. Which that, was, the Napoleon look. It was awesome. Man. So and, and so that was the birth of Red Productions. Was that when Red? Yeah, that's when I, when I graduated TCU is when I really started Red Productions and, and what and, it is now. And said, I'm ditching the DJ thing. Yeah. I mean, I still had it. Like, we had a few DJs and, and the guy that managed that. And um, that ran for, I forget, probably four more years after graduating. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you remember the last event you personally DJed? Um, no, but I remember when we decided to end it, we were moving into our new studio over here on Faux Street, and uh, Chris, who managed it then, called me and was like, I got really bad news. The police just called. They found <laughs> our trailer that we, like, haul gear around in, uh, but it's empty. <laughs> Someone <laughs> broke in the storage unit and stole all the equipment, and I was like, that is bad news. Because we do have a few more gigs booked. Uh -huh. But it's also good news because we don't have to sell all the equipment now. Uh -huh. So <laughs> You're winding it down. Yeah, we didn't have to like sell it piecemeal. Um, 
We just got an insurance check. So, oh man, I no. kind of I feel like I sort of remember that. It's always those calls though when you're in business. You're like, yeah, what's, what's this about to be? Did the new studio just burn down? Like, how bad is this? Oh man, and did 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 you come on the road with with Greener Ordinance ever? Did you like yeah. come fly out and, and ride in the van with us? Yeah, at different points. Yeah, maybe like in like San Francisco in time. I feel like yeah. yeah. Our paths have been intertwined for a long yeah. time. Okay, so so take me to the birth of like, you're DJing, you're doing TCU graduations. You're not, when did you have like, I, I want to start a, a production company? Like, wh- what was what was the evolution of like, this is this is what I'm doing. This is the dream. Like, what what was the the dream and the vision, so to speak? And you, you decided to stay in Fort Worth. Yeah. But what was like? Did you have a clear? Here's what I want to build, or I think it was just like slow steps over time. Like if I think back on that, like the three kind of key moments that stick out are like when I was really young, I was involved in my church leadership and like in Methodist church, you have like a conference of of all the youth groups. And I did a video for our mission trip to like help. Um, They just needed someone to like make a video to train everyone up and like what to expect. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I can make that. And that was like halfway through that job. They're like, we're going to pay you for this. And I was like, what? I was just doing this to help. Uh And, uh, I was like, oh, people will pay for this. Okay. And um, and then, like, yeah, in college would be the next big piece. Like, with what I shared earlier with David and deciding to stay in Fort Worth was a, a key moment of, like, all right, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to form this company because I literally formed, like, Red Productions LLC. That, that's our, still our company, like, that, you know, two weeks after graduation. So Wow. Um, and... That was a key one. And then I think like the, the other key one was like, you know, when that goal, remember with, with David was like, oh, plant a flag here, go to LA or New York on our own terms. The goal was still to go to New York. I always thought like I would be the one to go do that. And and mm-hmm. Greg Beecham, you know, was the first guy to join me in, in this, you know, journey. He was like, you know, employee number one, but great friend too. And a really talented guy. And he uh, had reconnected with this girl. He, uh, he had, you know, I guess the love of his life <laughs> now. And uh, he was like, she's in New York. You know, we always talked about opening a New York office. I was like, yeah, you should go do that. <laughs> so, so, and you, it, so you opened a, a, a New York office. Essentially. Yeah. So Greg moved up there and, um, and then, and worked with Eric, Ryan Anderson, who we had mm-hmm. found through what he was shooting for you guys for Green River Ordinance. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did a lot of work up there for many years and Birchbox was our like main client up there, which is funny because it was actually his, you know, uh, now wife's yeah, Greg's wife. <laughs> HBS uh, project. So it was really neat to see how all that came about early on. So those would be like kind of the three key moments of being like, you know, oh, someone will pay me to make a video when I'm really young. This is a to business. Graduating college, being like, I'm going to stay here rather than go to LA or New York. And then choosing not to be the one to go to LA or New York and like and instead, that kind of surprised yourself yeah so. was there a moment where you're like so ob- obviously the David conversation I'm going to open up something I'm going to stay here mm-hmm. but was there another moment where like man I don't want to leave yeah I think that's still like a, a thing right like where it's mm-hmm. like you see what continues to happen in Fort Worth and in, in North Texas here each year like more great things are being built here the city's becoming just you know, a more modern, inclusive city, but the art scene that I loved growing up is still really strong. And, um, and then now we see like how much of the industry is growing here. And it's, it's really awesome to see that, you know, looking back, I'm like, 
and it's also great to see like you know greg went up there and was able to start a life up there and so and as and a great, kind of parted ways yeah yeah he he wanted to start his own company and mm -hmm. you know said that's great and do it obviously birchbox should be your main client <laughs> yeah. yeah which has turned out to be a hugely successful yeah uh company yeah and so so red productions what like what do you, you guys do a lot yeah did a lot it's evolved over the years what like what what is walk me through what, what red productions is what we are now is is a team of there's about 20 of us full time okay and then you know we on red production side like we focus on working with like ambitious texas based brands okay who have a vision and get it and that's that's like your mission statement yeah that's pretty and good that's not to say we don't work with agencies too like we work with agencies a lot and um but as we've seen more brands relocate to texas we've seen that they a lot of times you know will work directly and want just kind of a video agency for their moving image work. And so that's, that's an area where we really excel. And um, that, and that's, that's, so that's, uh, you're producing content mm -hmm. for brands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like brand films and commercials and, um, and then we have red entertainment. That's our original content side. So that's where we're doing, you know, feature length films that are like scripted or documentary unscripted. And that's also what we did our TV series self-employed with Jonathan. Okay, and, so those are two totally different companies. Mm -hmm. So so red, but they work a lot together. Yeah, so. is it some of the same same crew? I yeah. guess. And so and so red productions like, and you are not a like, you're not a director, right? Mm -mm. You're a producer. Yeah, I learned that early on. Explain like, the difference between those two things because I didn't understand question. that for for a yeah. while. Because I I now know, so I'm I'm, I'm playing dumb here. Yeah. <laughs> For no, those yeah. who are not in the world, yeah. Walk me through like what a production company does, what it is, and sort of your superpower in the film world. Because it's yeah. not the the producer's main role is really putting the the business together of each project, and 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 if it's a commercial, kind of managing that account relationship with the client, um, and making sure that all the right like production logistics are are there and ready on the day. To make it a success and ultimately they're like removing obstacles for the director so that the director can realize their creative vision mm -hmm. um and so that you know the director doesn't get bogged down with like um a client you know budget question or uh you know maybe some aspects around like the deliverable calendar or things like that but um so really the producer is kind of the the, the person that brings all the business together around that project uh, and then put the team together. Yeah, it puts the team together. The gear, yeah, the setup. Yeah, and then the director is there, you know, really to help like bring the creative vision to life. It's like here's, there's the script is words on a page, or a treatment deck, right? And um, and a lot of times they're they're helping craft that as well. So while the you know it's like while the producer's working, you know, it's kind of like a left brain right brain thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. So so that the director's not having to do things that maybe distract them from what they're just talented and uniquely hardwired to be successful at. Mm -hmm. And so you, you have the superpower and I, and I can attest to this just, just from our history, but also just e even listening to how you've, you know, the, the, the things you've described thus far in your sort of your, your journey, you have this, this, this crazy ability to sort of see the big picture and then go really micro mm -hmm. to like see every detail that need because what could you could you're doing a shoot like some of the the giant commercials that that, that y'all 
done to a or to a feature film. Yeah. There's like RVs, there's catering, there's food, you yeah. have truckloads of equipment, you have you know, I I, yeah. I like I remember you you were doing a commercial for Pier One and y'all running out one of our houses. Oh and yeah. There's like fifty people that show up and yeah. all of this stuff. And you're the guy wrangling that whole thing, putting putting the whole thing together. Yeah. I mean not just me now. Like yeah, we not, do have a not, great team not of you, producers but, and yeah. But that's sort of, that's but your, that is that is our company. Yeah. Yeah, and that's your that's your company. And that's your superpowers. Like yes. You have always been, you know, the the guy who can handle all the details. The but making sure the producer makes sure the balls don't get mm-hmm. dropped. And and I'm I'm assuming And the biggest thing I think like in in business was like realizing that like I am more uniquely I think gifted in like the looking at the big picture for the business and the team and, and even like the, the city and where we want to grow. Uh, and, and then I realized early, like this was probably eight, 10 years ago. I'm like, I am not the details guy in a long-term sense. Like I can hone in and f- like I'm ADD. So growing up, it was like, great. You were ADD growing oh, up? Oh yeah, totally. Really? And so it was like, it was great to come up with new ideas but then, I, like, before I finish one idea, I've already, like, come up with another one. So mm. I realized, like, we needed a team that was balanced and both kind of, like, visionaries and integrators to actually make that work. And so that's that's really what we've built the team around now is making sure that we've got some people like me and some people not like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, was there a moment there where you realized, okay, this this sort of production world is my wheelhouse less so? Because I'm, I'm assuming going to film school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and launching, you you have these creative ambitions, you know. Yeah. But was there was there a point where you where, where y'all were like, okay, we're this logistical side, this production side is really what we want to focus on as a as a company. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like it was early on in business where I realized like I don't, you know, I don't want to. I didn't feel like my strengths were as the director, and like and Greg was actually really talented and like mm-hmm. you know coming up with ideas and and really was kind of our first like on staff director. Okay. And then, and then as we've grown over the years, like we actually now have like a roster of directors that we represent really and, and pitch, you know, based on the making sure that their unique creative kind, skills kind of like line a up. management company almost. Yeah. Are you a small business owner or an entrepreneur? Do you do marketing for a small business? If so, I have something that I want to give you and it's totally for free. We've put together a free resource at 6fstorytelling.com slash download. And it's the secrets, it's the tips, it's the tricks, it's the tools of the trade. It's literally everything we do at 6F Storytelling to help small businesses grow. Go download it today at 6fstorytelling.com slash download. So... But uh, the, yeah, I think it was pretty early on. I realized I'm like, uh, I like focusing on all this other stuff, like putting the business and the team together and, and really finding everyone's strengths and making sure we're on the right seat on the bus, mm-hmm. all knowing which way the bus is headed. So And where the, where the bus, and then then also knowing like the budget and the business side of it yeah. as well. Yeah. You've all, like, you've always been good at how do I, because cause there's a lot of starving artists. There's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, artists that have ambitions in the the entertainment world but don't know how to i mean i think on that like going way back like it was seeing my mom when i was 12 like my my parents got divorced and you know it's it at the time when i was 12 it was like my whole world going (laughs) like what's happening but now it's like they're still you know close and Mm -hmm. friends and but seeing mom go from like artist and art teacher to then having to learn how to like balance a checkbook 
I learned that with her at the same time. Like we learned Quicken or QuickBooks now together. Uh-huh. Wow. And, uh, and so that was really cool actually like as early on to be like, how do you, you know, balance a checkbook? And so I would like keep track of all of my business expenses in there really, at a really early age. Yeah. yeah. That's so amazing. So I, I, but then like, I'm, Again, I know that's not my my strength long term. I can I can hone in and focus on that for a little bit, but like Morgan, our controller is incredible. Way better, than <laughs> yeah, and yeah. has been, you know. And so now you're like, what what would you it, it, you've you've talked a lot about just deferring to the team and bringing the team together and building the team. What what is sort of your day in day out role now? Yeah, um, man, every day is a little different. But overall, it's about just you know being a leader for our for our team, both at Red Productions, Red Entertainment, and then Backlot is our studio and workspace. Uh, in addition to that, I'm on a couple of different you know boards like the Lone Star Film Society, uh, which we've got the Lone Star Film Festival in November here, and um, and then TXMPA is like at the state level. And so for me, it's always been like cultivating community is one of our core values for for the Red Productions. But it's also like we always look at that as like what can we do to grow the the community within our team here, within our community in the city here, and then like within a larger kind of state. And so that really is a lot of my my day to day now is like how do we Put how the, do we grow the community? Putting so, the team together. Yeah. In the community community side. Yeah. And the part of that team is like literally all the other businesses here in town that we know, like, you know, in creative industry businesses here that uh, collectively we all like make kind of the, the, the workforce work here. And so, so it's, it's much more people oriented is, is what you're saying. Yeah. Your job is sort of rallying the troops, bringing the team together. Yeah. Getting buy-in, casting the vision. Yeah. And it's, that still applies like on a project level, like for our, you know, our bigger projects, I'm still, you know, involved in, in the outset of putting those together. So. And then, okay, so just put put a little bow on Red Productions for, for a little bit, because I want to I want to talk about entertainment. When we talk about yeah. backlot. We haven't we haven't even scratched the surface on that. And then I'm going to go into the advocacy. But give me some of your a couple just who who all have you worked with at Red Productions? Because I've worked with some pretty big, cool brands. Yeah. Um, on Red Productions side, yeah. you know, like everyone like from. Dallas Cowboys and Coca-Cola were two of our like earliest big clients. And I learned through that, like the value of a, of a big name on our portfolio. Cause then people are like, Oh, these guys that look like they're 12. Like, <laughs> I mean, we were 22, 24 then, but, um, but now it's like, yeah, I mean, we, we work a lot with the Texas Rangers. We've been doing a lot of work with, and that's been fun right now. You do While we're recording this, uh, you know, they're in the, we're in the playoffs and hopefully world series by the Come time on. this comes out. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, we, we've got, you know, spot with Comerica. We've got, we just did a McDonald's spot last week. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. And then we work with a lot of local businesses too, though. I mean, so it's not to say that like we only work with these big brands. It's like, you know, the, the crazy thing has been like the big brand budgets have like shrunk a lot mm-hmm. and like small and medium sized businesses have realized the value in, in video. And so there's a lot of our top clients like or brands that like people wouldn't have heard of. Mm-hmm. Like Worldwide Express. Now, maybe, I mean, if you're a NASCAR fan, they do have like a NASCAR car, but like we had never heard of them whenever they first called in. Uh-huh. It's almost like one of those names that like, is this a real company? Uh-huh. Worldwide Express? But they're very real and they have a great team and uh, headquartered here in Dallas. 
And so like that's been a lot of our success for Red Productions is all the headquarters that have relocated to Texas and North Texas. Because it's part of your mission is like working with Texas-based Texas brands. Yeah. yeah. And uh, talked with Adriana Cruz, the governor's head of economic development, last month when she was up here speaking. And it was really cool to see like how the state's efforts at economic development, meaning bringing new business here, mm-hmm has really paid off for all the small businesses here because she showed a a stat that was like since 2016, there's been, I forget the actual number, but it was like 450 maybe corporate headquarter relocations to Texas. That's a lot when you think of a full corporation and half of those came from California. And so it's, it's really cool to see like just how many businesses are moving here. Um, and and the trickle down effect. And the trickle down effect of like all the businesses that they then work with locally. So that's cool. So Red, when when did Red Entertainment? Red Entertainment we started. Um, it was probably like three years into just being graduated from. Okay, so yeah. it was you, it Red Entertainment was back then too. Yeah, yeah, we did. Like I didn't realize that our first film, you know, like was was Searching for Sunny with Andrew Disney. Oh my gosh! And uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, was and that really back in like two thousand? 10? Yeah. 2000. Yeah. That would have been like 2010. Okay. So that was your first. Grow had a song in it. Josh yeah. was in it, I think. Was he? <laughs> so and, Andrew Disney was was my, one of my like best friends in high school. And, yeah. And he is like an artist artist. Yeah. All from, As long as I've known him. He runs He's, in the name. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> but he's like just a true creative. He is. Uh, always had a camera, always was doing these wild videos. He did the first Green Affordance music video. Mm-hmm. But just always doing, and then he went to New, he went to NYU, and then he lived in LA. And yeah, he's done. All, he wrote, he wrote, you know, TV shows and stuff. But yeah, but he did. I guess that was like his kind of first. Yeah, that was his like his NYU kind of senior project. He wrote uh-huh. this script called Searching for Sunny. About, and y'all did the production on it. Yeah, so we produced that and, and his next film as well. Like, uh, which was called Intramural, but then got released as Balls Out. Um, and those were really fun to to go through together with. with and Balls Out had a pretty like killer cast. Yeah, it was like when we were making it, we we knew we had real talent, but we didn't necessarily like Jake Lacey was in it, Kate McKinnon, Beck Bennett, Jay Farrow, Nikki Reed, who had just been in Twilight. Um, but yeah, we had Kate. No, and Minka Kelly was she in Sunny? Or? She was in Sunny. Yeah. She was in Sunny. Yeah, both these had some pretty big names. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whenever whenever Balls Out came out. Uh, it was like three of our cast members then were like new, uh, regular SNL cast members. And so mm-hmm. it was like three SNL cast members team up for hilarious, you know, an intramural comedy. So, And and that was, and you had never done anything like that before. I mean. The, I'm sure the, yeah. like the learning curve. Yeah. The learning curve for each film has always been like, take what we learned in the last one. Let's uh-huh. move it forward to the next. And, and the great thing with those, those first two, you know, was like how much the, just the community of Fort Worth. And others in Texas, like, got behind us and supported us with, you know, either their investment and belief in us or, like, locations. Like, we didn't know it better at the time. Andrew wrote this. And for Searching for Sunny, there's a shootout on an airport tarmac with a private jet. <laughs> we read that script now. As a producer, we're like, that was going to be an expensive scene to make. Uh-huh. Back then, we're like, yeah, no, we can make this. But luckily, you know, there was a family in Fort Worth that let us use their jet uh-huh. with the right insurance. and yeah. Um, but you're you're in charge of something like that, like yeah. finding the insurance. Yeah, but not just <laughs> finding the jet, the insurance, 
uh, the shootout involved a police chase as well. So like we got to have like police cars out there. It was and the, and the production company. That's that's the type of stuff you're putting together. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's so wild. Yeah. So now we know so, so that's so Red Entertainment is like the the creative. You know, you're making films. You're making TV shows. That, yeah. So that started literally three years into in, it. Yeah. Into it. And what we would do is we would always take a, like a portion of our profits in Red Productions and we would put it into development of these film ideas. It's not to say that we were funding the films, but we were at least funding that first stage to get the get the business. Each film's a separate business. Um, okay. And so to get that all set up and, and put together, had some startup costs still. And so. And and the and the like, how, how do those films make money? Like, do you? Like most balls. films don't make money, <laughs> okay. um, but the ones that we've been fortunate to, to make money on is like, you know, and, and really how a film makes money. So it's typically like, you know, you raise whatever the budget is, mm-hmm. it's 200,000 or 2 million or 10 million. Um, and you make sure you've got enough money to get the film fully completed. But really our job as a, you know, when you're making the movie is to get a film that will attract a distributor that will then take it to market. Mm-hmm. So our goal is like to not to like, we're not going to be the ones to actually make sure it's on Well, we are going to make sure we get the deal to get it on like a Netflix or, yeah. or, you know, in, in theaters, even with some of them. And you sell it to the production company, essentially, right? We sell it to the, we are the production company. We sell it or you, and yeah. license to it the to the distributor. distributor. That's what I mean. Yeah. And so as the producers, like that's where we're involved in that, you know, throughout years. And then like, even once we, license it to a distributor we're following up with the distributor and making sure they're actually doing what they said they were going to do because like balls out y'all licensed to mgm mgm uh under orion and it was crazy because it was called intramural and their marketing department came back at the studio and was like guys we think it'd be really funny if we call it balls out and we're like that's not really and they showed us the artwork and it was this woman's butt in a bikini (laughs) And it wasn't even real. It was like clearly this is before AI, but this mm-hmm. was like clearly a photoshopped bikini butt. And uh, it was like this semester, everyone scores. And we're like, did y'all watch the movie? Yeah, like, it was there's like no they, they sexualized. Yeah, yeah, it. they marketed it as a sexualized movie, and uh, there's no nudity in it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was just, it's just yeah, yeah. We're like, there's just a bunch of disappointed, you know, thirteen year old boys out there. They're explaining to their parents why they rented it on their VOD. Uh-huh. So. So, it, so, it t- so we'll talk me through some of the other projects yeah. that you've done. Um, you know, in more recent years, we did a, a film called A Bad Idea Gone Wrong with Jason Headley that we shot. It was his first feature, but he had done a lot of commercial work. Uh, we shot that all here in Fort Worth, and then that premiered at South by Southwest the next year and won Best Cast for the festival. Oh, that's cool. And then through that, Jason was able to kind of launch into the, into the uh, you know, entertainment side of the business and got a... His next job was like writing Onward for Pixar and then Lightyear most recently too. So, Oh, he did Lightyear? Yeah. Wow. That's and, cool. um, and so it's been cool working with these directors where we work with them in commercials, but we also, you know, help work with them on the entertainment side. Because a lot of people in the industry have ambitions to do both. Like they're both mm-hmm. creative sides. Mm-hmm. But, um, but a lot of times if you're in one side and you don't know how to maybe get to the other, it's like, well, we, we actually have a leg in both. So mm-hmm. we can help with that. Because you do both. Yeah. yeah. And then um, we were just up in New York with our family here for fall break. And we were back in a town that a few years back we shot a film called 1% More Humid in. That was with Juno Temple and Julia Gardner. And they literally, both of them left our shoot. Uh, Julia flew to Ozark season one. 
Wow. And that became a huge success. And Juno went next to do Ted Lasso and that became a, so sometimes it's like, we'll catch this talent right before they go on to they like pop. the next big thing. And it's maybe, great to get to work with them. Maybe you're causing that. I don't know. That's why <laughs> we've got, you know, That's good partners too. And the casting, casting directors are so key. Um, and a good friend of mine, Lindsey Graham from TCU, uh, has cast many of a, a like Academy Award winning films now, but it's, really? it's, it's a real talent that like That's a lot cool. of times gets overlooked. Um, because so often in the industry, people will, I was emailing with, with our director last week on our next film we're working on. And he was like, you know, the, the foreign sales team will like rank everyone with like A, B, C. And he's like, this feels so weird to see just a number next to someone's name that feels really, I mean, a letter. Oh, so, so <laughs> actors subjective. have a, have a, have a, like a letter next to it. Like it's like in foreign so cells, they'll go down the list and it's totally in that company's own viewpoint, but they're like, that's what so this, this person is, is, is worth right now. Not their talent, yeah. but that's like in, in their, their mindset rate. in the international market. That's what they think they could like the the ones that are A are the ones that they have the most confidence in being able to sell in the market. So that's interesting. I've yeah. never heard any of that before. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. So and then when did uh the Ken, like the Kendrick Lamar video yeah was Red Entertainment right? Uh, Red Productions, but that was Red Productions. Yeah. yeah, and it was one where they they called. We had worked with someone else. Uh, so Solange Knowles. Mm-hmm. did a video here like the year prior and we helped that team with some stuff and uh some of the people we worked with on that remembered us and she wanted to get a horse in a museum and <laughs> thanks to eric and the kimball we were able to make that happen uh-huh. and so that guy remembered that and that's the kind of stuff that you pull off the next summer uh it was summer 2020 covid's yeah you know just taken over and it's like they can't shoot in LA at all and so they call and they're like hey you we saw like Texas is open could we come there and shoot a video and we're like yeah for well I didn't say yeah immediately I we checked and made sure like everything was actually within the you know, COVID protocols because that was in 2020 yeah it was like in the summer height of 2020 the- you had no rapid testing yeah. the fire department came by and like tested everyone and then like took that to the lab right away so that we wouldn't have to wait the two days turnaround. Okay. Um, the fire like, department did it. Yeah. Cause we, we were, there was no other way to, to get a, cause that was when COVID it was still back. chaos. It was like, oh, yeah. what is, what is happening? Mm-hmm. But you can't say no to like Kendrick Lamar wants to do a music video. Yeah. You're like we're going to figure that out. Yeah. I mean the only Pulitzer prize winning rapper out there. So, <laughs> and he's so, it was so great to work with and, 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 uh, Dave free, his director on that and partner and PG Lang, like, it was really cool seeing like how, how much they just like what great creative minds they are, but also like, um, you know, how they go about creating both music and, and these music videos was really cool. And it was, um, it was definitely like our certainly biggest music video shoot yet. And then it was like, because bands couldn't, uh, because all the big arena tours were canceled, they basically had to wait until they could you know, what do you call it? Like book a, you know, arena tour mm-hmm. before they released the album. So it was oh, so like two years. They sat on it for a while. Two years. Yeah. We were like, is this ever going to come out? <laughs> and then it came out last spring, like spring of 22. And it's like 70 million views now. And it's wow. awesome. Cause I was like, where did that come from? I didn't, had no idea that was happening. Yeah. And we got a, um, I, I think you maybe said we got 
we got nominated for MTV Music Video Awards VMAs. Okay, but we didn't. Oh, you didn't win it. We lost to uh, Harry Styles and and someone else. But we did win the summer um, the AICP award, which is our big like uh, association of uh, independent commercial producers. And we won. They have a music video category. We won that oh, okay. this summer, and it was uh, it by winning that they put all the work each year uh, into the archives at the MoMA in New York. Oh, wow. It was really fun. Like I saw it as it as it screened you saw it at the, the MoMA. MoMA, and then as I'm walking out, this guy walks up and he's like, "Man, that was so cool! Like those locations were amazing. Did y'all like go to Japan for that?" And I was like, "No, that was in Fort Worth, the water water gardens, the water gardens specifically." Yeah, yeah. He was talking about yeah. Man, that's cool. Um. And then, so I mean, y'all, y'all, you've done some fun stuff. So you're bouncing back and forth between Rangers and Cowboys and Coca-Cola and corporate world. Yeah. And then I'm doing these kind of wild, big film projects and and music videos. And then, then you, then y'all did the TV show. Yeah. Like how? And that was your idea, right? That was. Yeah, it was. Um, that was your show, uh, Jonathan's. Yes. Yeah. You, but you, you sort of put the <laughs> thing together and. We had, we went down. We had this great uh, friend Trey Selman, who's the most like talented writer I know, and just he's from Texas, loves Texas stories, and we we're, we're working together on a project called Fruitcake, and he at the same time of that was was working with Magnolia, and helping them kind of figure out like as they were getting ready to launch the network, um, and. Magnolia's like Chip and Joanna Gaines company, obviously. They essentially in, in took, o- took over Discovery, Discovery Network. They right? got a a network, yeah, that was previously called something else on Discovery, and they mm. re- completely redid it as Magnolia. And so, um, and fruit. Sorry to pause. The fruitcake mm-hmm. was that the, was that the the documentary about the guy that embezzled all the money? Yeah, eighteen million dollars <laughs> embezzled from the Collins Street Bakery. I watched over that. Eight did years. you do that? We did that. Yeah, I it, didn't know you did that documentary. Yeah. I watched and that. So yeah, fruitcake fraud uh, uh-huh. that came out on Discovery. <laughs> okay, and then we've we've been working on a feature, like scripted feature for that. And oh so, really? Um, which we're in actively like casting and putting back together right now. It just it got completely derailed by COVID a few years back. So we did the documentary in the meantime. Okay. Now we're back to the scripted one. Oh, so you're you're putting that. There's gonna be a feature film about that crazy story. Yeah. Dude, that's cool. Okay, so you're so, you yeah, doing for, this fruitcake thing. You got connected with this guy. Who's working yeah, with? Yeah, and so Trey sends this email one day that says field trip to Fort Worth, and he's got all the Magnolia leadership team on there. And I was like, we call him up, like, hey, what's the so field trip? Like, are you guys gonna come up? We're gonna have lunch. Maybe they wanted to check out our studio we built here, and and they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna be there all day. So I was like, okay, let's put together. This is like Chip and, Chip and Joanna are part of it. It was uh, they weren't able to join. Something popped up, but uh, it was all the rest of their leadership, leadership team there. And then they, that team went back and the next day met with Chip and Joe. And then like, we ended up going to Waco the next like Monday. And I was like, I remember being like, oh, second date already. Okay. Did you have the idea for the show? We were then? pitching a different show about, um, you know, two like commercial real estate folks. Okay. And Jonathan was like a, a tenant in their building. And so it was going to be about like how commercial, like in commercial real estate, how commercial real estate you know, developers work with small businesses. And we played that reel and uh Allison, the head of the network, was like, uh they were they're twins, it's the M2G okay. uh, twins yeah. there, Susan and Jessica. And Allison's like, when I see twins, I think property brothers, but that that reel on Jonathan Morris, I want a whole show about that guy. 
Because he's so cool. He is so cool. Yeah. And so I called Jonathan on the way back because I was like, uh, I played that real. It was something Visit Fort Worth made about Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Um, I just played it as like a little sample of him as a as a, as a person and, and character here. And, and they said, uh, I was like, I don't know if he wants a show about him. Let me, I call him on the way back and. I was like, would you ever want to be on TV? And he was like, oh, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But we worked through a couple of different, you know, uh, concepts with that show, but landed on self-employed and it was really fun to get to. And they bought it. Magnolia said, we want to, we'll do it. We'll do it. And you had never done TV at that point, right? Not in, no, not, not TV like that. In that sense. Yeah. We'd had like our films had been on TV, but that was just. It's a totally different process. It feels it's a lot more like a commercial because it's like you pitch an idea, and then if the network likes it, they you know buy it and they're financing it and distributing it. Where it's on a film, you most of the time as independent film, you're making the film on spec, so you've got to go raise independent financing mm-hmm. that's at risk until you have a distributor that's going to pay the investors back for it. So, so it was it was a lot more like uh, running a big commercial when you're doing. And it's, it's, it's a little less pressure when it's someone else's money versus, you know, well, it's always, it's the, always someone else's money. Yeah. So there's always like that pressure, but it's, uh-huh. uh, it's not whether you're going to make their, like the network is choosing to invest their money in that concept, yeah. knowing that they're going to release it on their network. So yeah. we don't have that, that gap risk of like, we've raised money for this movie, but we don't know who the distributor is. So. Mm-hmm. And was that, that y'all Made eight episodes, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, we did a season one of it. And then by that time, the network had kind of settled into what its main focus is. And um, that's really largely on, you know, home design, remodel, and gardening, and Mm -hmm. um, food, obviously. So uh, small business didn't make the cut for the the next, you know, season of of the network. But But you got to do it, and it was great. Yeah. It was good for Fort Worth. It was... Changed Jonathan's life yeah. <laughs> in probably a big way. Yeah. Um, and so you're bouncing back and forth between these two companies. Are mm-hmm. you spending more time with one over the other? Like, are you, or is it 50 50? Depends on the week, but it's like, you know, it's it's kind of a third, third, and a third. It's like a third with each of those, and then a third with like kind of the volunteer stuff I do with the volunteer state stuff. and the, and, in Lone Star here, so so I want okay, so I want to get I want to get into into that, but but the other thing we haven't mentioned, we, we mentioned briefly, mm. is you also built a a big studio, yeah, Backlot. What what is that? Tell me tell me about that. So Backlot is our our way to pay forward what we were you know given in Tech Fort Worth, which was like Tech Fort Worth provided us with a space to launch our business to actually like get out of my college house mm-hmm. and have a real office that like clients actually took a serious set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, when we started Backlot, it was before co-working was a thing. I think maybe there was like a co-working spot in Dallas and one like, you know, Nashville or something, but it wasn't, there was nothing over certainly in Fort Worth. And um, so we started it as a way our, our neighbors moved out at our old office and we were like, just took over their lease and we just figured we'll provide a space for other entrepreneurs that need a spot to work out of. Mm-hmm. And then as that kind of movement grew, um, cause that was like 11 years ago now. Um, and as we moved into our new building, we really built the new building out specifically for, to, to cater to creative businesses. And so we're, you know, Red Productions is, uh, in Backlot as, as many other creative companies here 
you know, we've had companies like 12 Midnight came in, Dustin and AJ, when they just were starting as kind of their side hustle, they had other full-time jobs and, but they were first members in the, the new studio here and they grew from a team of two to five to seven and just, you know, graduated out to their own space. And that's, that's what we want to like, whether it's someone that's launching and growing or someone that's, that's moved here to, to Texas and is staying here, like Farlow Media has like been a great member as well. And, um, and so, you know, a lot of them are other production companies. Our only rule is that you've got to be like a creative business or in a creative role in a larger business. Okay. Maybe you need a spot you're working so remotely people, people at. work there, but you also have a big, a big like studio. Yes. So part of Sound studio, the other reason that, why it? we do that is like one, we know that creatives, I, I think if we say creativity loves company. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, everyone's like helping each other out at the, you know, espresso machine, like, Hey, I need a crew member for something like this. And, um, no one's required to work together, but everyone ends up like doing some work together, uh, with each other. And, um, and then because we built the studio as well as part of it, we wanted it to, we wanted there to be businesses in there that would, you know, need something like that amenities. So, um, and there wasn't really a big, it, what, like, is it, was it a sound studio or a sound stage? Yeah, is that sound what it's stage, called? Yeah. It's just basically just a giant room. Yeah. That's with white. a white psych and then the other wall is kind of a patina brick. And then you have all these lights. It's, then, it's basically yeah. a studio where you can film stuff. Yeah. And there really wasn't anything like that here in Fort Worth. Yeah. There wasn't like. There wasn't um, Dallas. Yeah. I'm trying to think then like Studios 121, I think had gone under a different name and wasn't available for public rent. So there really wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like a soundstage publicly available to rent. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we worked with the state and the city to create the media production development zone which provides an incentive for other people to build out infrastructure that's media related here. And by creating that zone, there's like three projects that are allowed in the zone. And so we were the first project in that. Um, but by doing that, we had already kind of paved the way for there to be two other companies to come along and, and do it as well. And what was funny was like I, the media the, establishing that zone got a lot of press and, and also I think with like COVID, like just a lot of other people, decided to build studios and now it's like there's five here and so that's been you know cool to see like especially as far as like there's other it's helping i think support the other creative businesses that are it's like when, it, when the, the waters air, rise so. all 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 ships rise yeah so to speak so so and this is a great segue this segue mm-hmm. is into yeah because that was like literally what i always said when we started the film commission was like rising tide lifts all boats like so, so you have your hands in all this film stuff, which even like, even does it feel crazy you saying a lot of this? Cause I still am like, I don't know how he had time to do <laughs> all these wild things. I mean, Jenny is amazing. Your wife. And, uh, and has been such a great, you know, partner in life and our family. And then also such, a, we met initially, like there was a video that played at uh, the convention center one day for a nonprofit. We did like at a fundraising luncheon and. I walked up and um, I just happened to be walking past a mutual friend of ours that she had come with. And, uh, and her friend was, she said to her friend, that video was really great. And her friend's like, Oh, DJ red did that. <laughs> Cause her friend knew me in college and still uh-huh. called me DJ red. But uh, I'm going to start calling you DJ red again. Yeah. So Jenny was like working in advertising then at an ad agency here. And, um, and then later worked at TCU and we, we've always like worked together on projects. She's been the client a lot of times. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but honestly, it's like, you know, being able to kind of bounce the business strategy and the growth we want to see in, in the community and in our business here and, and our family has been 
so fun to she's she's been a big a big part of that yes so at at some point you you went from all right i'm gonna stay in fort worth uh i'm gonna go to new york i'm not gonna go to new york yeah at what point were you because because i feel like again I, i said this earlier but but so much of of I feel like one you changed you recently have changed like the state of film in Texas, the state, but you mm-hmm. really brought you did a lot, a lot of work and a lot, a lot of time to to bring film and bring media and, and raise a, an artist community in the city. Yeah. At, at what point was it was it where, did you sort of this mission kick on? Like I am on a mission to make the, Fort Worth the film mission famous. kicked on when we were on a mission. Okay. That's what they call it. Uh, so the city will travel on what they call a mission. We were in China with Mayor Price and then Mayor Rawlings from Dallas. They would go and promote the city in other regions. In China. And so I'm sitting there watching. Why were them. you in China on there? <laughs> I don't remember why I got invited to that. Uh, <laughs> oh, we were we were looking at putting together a, a film fund that would utilize this incentive that was more so used out of like between China and U.S. trade. So we didn't end up doing that. But. I, it was really cool to go on that trip and see it was like, sometimes you got to like leave town to appreciate it. And so mm-hmm. I'm seeing how they pitch the city abroad in the region. And I'm seeing all the growth stats they're sharing there. And it's like, I'm looking back and going, man, cause we've been in business 10 years then. And I was like seeing the growth of this region over 10 years. And, and it was after one of the days of meetings there, uh, mayor price and I were like having a glass of wine and, She's like, in her true Mayor Price voice, she's like, now, Red, what can we do to grow the creative class at Fort Worth? And I was like, you know, something we talked about a while back, but no one ever, I couldn't get momentum behind it, was um, we need a film commission. And it's like a specialty economic development arm for the city. And Dallas has one, but they're paid by Dallas City Hall. So, like, they only would send people to Fort Worth when they needed, like, cows walking down the street. Uh So which is a great thing that we offer, yeah. but it, we offer a lot more than that. And, um, so she, you know, she was like, we talked about it there some, and then met when we got back, Mitch Witten and, and Bob Jameson would visit Fort Worth, jumped on board and, and David Brezina with the chamber. And it became a really cool, like to see how vast, like in Fort Worth, whenever, you know, the way, like, it's such a, a yes city, Mm-hmm. It's like you you throw out an idea of something and people are like, yeah, let's do that, and they, mm-hmm. they get excited about it. And so with that kind of, uh, I would say that that is so so true. Yeah. If it's for the good of the city, mm-hmm. th- there's a communal aspect of if you if you're for Fort Worth, if you're for I want to do something altruistic, people really do support you and get get behind. Yeah, you in a, in a big way. Yeah. So anyway, so you, so so you, like a year you said to we the need day. A, a film commission. Yeah, and then a year to the that month, I guess that we were on that trip. The next October, we launched the film commission, and so we're coming up on eight year anniversary. Wow. Uh, actually, it's while we're recording this. I think it's like tomorrow. Is it? <laughs> so, yeah. That's cool. Um, it's on my calendar as a reminder each year. Happy but, birthday! Yeah, and so you know, Jessica Christofferson has been our film commissioner since we launched it, and she has done such an incredible job of, you know, fulfilling the mission of the commission, which is like you know, marketing the city and cultivating. It really, what we've always said is like being a beacon for the creative class here. Mm-hmm. So for those that are already here, providing ways for everyone to, to get together and, and, and work together and grow together. Uh, for those that want to bring business and media production to the, the area, it's about like helping them, you know, 
meet who they need to meet whenever you're, because each project that comes in again is a whole new business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we go shoot in another town, we reach out to that film commission because we don't want to step on toes or break any rules or anything. Like we want to do business properly in that town, but every town's a different set of rules and people to know. So, and, and it seems like from outsider that, that, that our film commission has really, if you want to film in Fort Worth, we're going to roll out the red carpet. Yeah. Like we want, so, so talk, talk, can you brag a little bit about just some of the stuff y'all have done or, or help yeah. bring here? Or? Yeah. So through like through the film commission, we've been able to attract a lot of great movies here uh, and commercials, like hundreds of commercials that again would have passed on. When you don't have a film commission, someone Googles, like they're going to go to that town and they type in Fort Worth film commission and Dallas comes up like, yeah, that was a problem. Yeah. So, um, but some of the big things have been like, you know, uh, ghost story with, uh, Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. That was, uh, David Lowry, James Johnson, Toby Hallbrook's film. Uh, then, uh, never going back. Augustine Frizzell's, uh, feature film debut. She was, uh, you know, she won, I think Sundance with that one. Mm. Um, we filmed Batty Dig on Wrong here, the one South by, and, um, Oh, another really cool one was Miss Juneteenth. And I love that one because mm-hmm. Channing Peoples grew up here. She and her husband, Neil, were living in LA and they came back. They were early on in the film commission. I remember we met them and uh, just seeing like they wanted to come back. Channing, you know, wanted to tell a uniquely Fort Worth story about Opal Lee and, and the Miss Juneteenth pageant here. And she did that so well. And, and it, um, it premiered at Sundance January, 2020. Um, but then that film released and, and I think helped And you know, obviously Miss Opal was the the main leader of Juneteenth, but it was really cool to see that that film was able to come out the same summer that Juneteenth was made a national holiday. Mm-hmm. And so it was able to be a really great way to kind of memorialize some of that history here. And, um, and then, you know, so a, a lot of like, I'd say like successful films in the independent space, right there. But then like the, the big like win for Fort Worth was whenever we, you know, Taylor Sheridan who grew up just West of town here, um, came back to shoot 1883 here Mm -hmm. and, and then ultimately has moved back and now is shooting as much as their team can, you know, make sense to shoot here. And it's Mm -hmm. been really cool to see their commitment to Texas and to just kind of like, I don't know, Bucking the norm of Hollywood. Yeah. And so... And when 1883 was filming here in the Stockyards, like, people loved it. Yeah. There was, like... So my my perspective, again, as outsider was, Taylor is filming this show here. The show's on Paramount. It's a huge deal. The city yeah. the city is kind of... Come come take over the Stockyards. People are loving it. You get to be extra. People are... Yeah. <laughs> like, friends are extras in it. Uh, and it seemed like, man, this was so good for the city. Yeah, because when a when a major production comes to town, yeah, not only does it help you know put the city out there in a positive light, but it the the amount of businesses that a major production you know puts their money into is is huge because for eighteen eighty three you know they'll have like two hundred extras on set in period piece clothing. Well, that's all got to be dry cleaned mm-hmm. like a couple times a week because yeah. a lot of they put all that dirt down on the streets too. So. Um, so like dry cleaners get business, caterers get business, truck drivers get business. Uh, 
And then, you know, you, the, on 1883, I think they employed about 800 people here. And then on the newest one, Bass Reeves, is about it was 1,600. So it's like they're continuing wow. to grow, too, the amount of people they hire. And out of those people that they hire, they a lot of them are Texas residents. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, like I think it's like 70% had to be before. That's now lowered to 55% because it's like they're hiring so many people, there wasn't enough workforce wow. um, for the incentive side. So, uh, And then the tourism it caused. And then the tourism because, well... The first tourism is the wave of the crew and cast that yeah. comes in from out of state because they're staying in hotels. They get daily per diem, which they then spend at local restaurants and shops and other businesses. And um, and then the next wave of tourism is when the show comes out. And now people, if you go down to the stockyards now, when they do the cattle drive, listen to the, there's an announcer doing like a whole PA thing. Everything he's talking about to the just lines of people along the street there and the 8 million visitors a year that go to the stockyards mm-hmm. is about 1883 and like all the different spots that they shot yeah. in the stockyards and all that. So it's, it, you know, it, it's really cool to see that we've, we've got a, a filmmaker like, like Taylor Sheridan back here. And because when we started the film commission, we actually talked to legislators at that time and said, you know, at that time, uh, breaking bad was like the hit TV show. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I mean, if a show about a middle school teacher cooking meth can it, it created a big tourism boom in, in Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> like if if a show about that can create a tourism boom, what what would it be if we had like a show actually more in line kind of with like this area? And so uh I think that's what's been really cool is like how well it it, you know, one supports the other as far as like that the stockyards is a thing and isn't just mm-hmm. like a, a backdrop back lot that was built for the show. And so they you, literally only just like they brought in dirt and they maybe like took out a couple street post mm-hmm. like they were modern. So, and that this was this test case of here's the economic impact and and like the city pride impact, mm-hmm. you know, film TV can have on a city, and and you guys said we we need more of that. Mm-hmm. And Texas historically was not was not receptive. Was was not or, super film friendly. Yeah, it wasn't. Well, it wasn't competitive. So you have incentives. Uh, Thirty-eight states have incentives, and they started. What does that mean? That, that incentives that means, meaning we want you to come film here. We'll give uh, yeah, you a, that means there's this. A lot of times you'll read in the news all the time, like every week, basically councils voting on a new incentive package to attract a brick and mortar company to build and grow here. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an incentive process meant for businesses that are here long term and it's it's a good one it doesn't work for film though because most films and tv shows come to town they spend a lot of money in three to six months and then they're They're gone but then the next one comes to town and spends money but it's a totally different business so Mm -hmm. states created state level incentive financing programs that's that were specific to the film and tv and commercial industry and they said okay if you come here and you hire X amount of people that are Texas residents and you spend X amount of money here, we'll give you a rebate back based on that money that you actually spend here. Mm-hmm. And so it's never paid out up front. It's always after you turn in all your receipts and, and hit all the like the rules for it. And so Texas was, I mean, compared to our neighboring States, we were just not at all competitive. Louisiana had like 700 million in financing, New Mexico had 200, Oklahoma had 150. And which, we, which Georgia at? 
Georgia's a whole other strap. Because Georgia's like Georgia it, has, I think, no cap, but now they're considering a cap on it. But that, but so many films are made in Georgia. Yes, and so Georgia and Louisiana started the incentive game, okay. you know, domestically. But Louisiana started it after Katrina hit as a way to get business back in quickly, and Georgia started it after the 08 housing crisis, again as a way to attract business in that wasn't going to take years to to build brick and mortar because on a film and TV show, we bring everything. We we build the set, we bring generators for power. They they even bring toilets. So you like a little mean, city. Yeah. Um, and so, but in looking at our neighboring states, especially like I just said, so uh, you said Louisiana, New Mexico, one uh, like two hundred, Oklahoma I think was one fifty, and Louisiana was like seven fifty, seven hundred fifty million. Wow. And we had forty five million wow. for a two year budget. Okay. And when 1883 came to the state, and along with a couple other big projects, um, because, mind you, Texas was open earlier than other states for business, uh, that $45 million was pretty much fully committed by like six months into a 24-month budget cycle for the state. And so we had a problem because, you know, Sheridan wasn't just bringing one show here and leaving town and going to the next state for his next project. He moved here and want, want, wants to and continues to bring more projects here. And and he's not alone in that. There are other great filmmakers that have done this for years in Austin. Um, but uh, the big difference was he's up here. And so we got together in, like a year and a half ago. It was basically a year before the session started in Austin and we talked like uh, Rep Goldman, who's our you know state rep in the house for most of Fort Worth, uh, Mayor Parker, Jessica, our film commissioner, and I, um, and Michael Crane, Councilman Crane, got together and we were like, let's figure out how we can make the Fort Worth story, you know, something that's known across the state as far as like the impact of film and media here, and um, and this was also with Paul our uh, for TXMPA, the board that I'm on, we had said like for the state advocacy board, we want to focus on the Fort Worth story too. Mm -hmm. um, that way it's not like throwing 15 different stories out there to legislators. It's like, let's have one focus story that mm -hmm. we talk about. And Rep Goldman was great because he really like jumped on that and, and took that up, uh, you know, for the, for his district here and for the, for the city. And, um, and be able to work with him and just see how ultimately he says like it was an education thing because a lot of members in the Republican Party, it was always something since the program started in 2009 that was a party line kind of vote. Mm -hmm. Usually Democrats voted for it and Republicans voted against it. And as Rep. Goldman says, he goes, they voted against it because they really didn't know better. Yeah. They They're like we're spending money on something that doesn't help us. Yeah. They thought it didn't. They thought it didn't help their district and constituents. And or they saw some members of the Republican Party put out all this, um, you know, incorrect, uh, you know, talking points about this is handouts for Hollywood. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, it's not. You only get the rebate if you hire Texas crew and spend the money here. Mm -hmm. There's no incentive on money that is paid to someone in Hollywood. Okay. Zero. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So if we fly an actor in from L.A. or a crew member. Whatever we pay them is not at all incentivized by the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. so, um, and so, yeah, with, with Rep. Goldman, and he said, 
it'd be great. He goes, it'd be great if we could have someone that's kind of like, you know, a celebrity come and talk at our caucus retreat. And I forget, I think maybe Jessica said, Oh, how about Taylor Sheridan? He's like, that'd be great. And so fortunately, yeah, Taylor went down and spoke at the retreat. And then later, um, Jessica and the visit Fort Worth team put together a really cool screening at the Paramount during legislative session about, um, of 1883 and then talked about the economic impact that it had across the state. And we had done a, a third party economic impact study and it showed the hard numbers of like how many people were hired from all over the state. Cause again, when you got to hire that many people that are in specialty creative skills, like they don't all exist here in Fort yeah. Worth, but they do exist across the state. So ultimately it was just like really cool to see that Fort Worth had. So you're, know, you're such part a of this little group. That's like, we're going to bring film to Texas and we need more money to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like most money, of the first much, half of this year was like going to Austin every other week and yeah, meeting you with were, legislators. You were literally like talking in yeah. Congress. Is it Congress? Or I, I, yeah. <laughs> Testifying uh, on the committees that, you know, it starts that with. And then. And you met with the governor, right? Uh, Taylor met with governor and lieutenant governor. I met with the first lady and um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's been great though, just seeing like how on board everyone got with it and how in a state that's so divided in partisan politics, mm -hmm. like many right now, like that w we were able to take something that's always been a, a partisan issue and, and get full bipartisan support and really? get the biggest increase ever across. Like, what, what'd y'all ask for? 200 million. And we, we asked for got what we asked for. <laughs> so, you, and you got it. Yeah. So the entrepreneur decided me is, uh, Hustlers are like, man, maybe we should ask for more. But uh -huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, we're very appreciative of it. And, and, um, dude, I just love that. I think it'll, I love, I, I just love that, like, DJ Red hustling, you know, <laughs> you've done all this cool film stuff. And then here you are, like, cause literally, like that, that consumed your this year. Yeah. For you. That's every time I saw you, I was like, what's going on? And you're like, man, I've been in Austin. I'm in campaign. Like, you never talk about work. Yeah. Um, People like, are like, I'm like, I don't know if you're still working or not, but you're, <laughs> fighting you know you're like a political activist now uh, you know and an, an ambassador to bring film to texas and y'all got 200 million dollars approved yeah which is yeah, bonkers. It was approved in both the house and senate and signed by the governor so it's funded now uh, as soon as that got approved uh you know we had two different unions going strike in the industry <laughs> Mm -hmm. So now we'll have an even tighter window to spend all that money. So wow! And are, are there some films coming here, like shows coming here? Yeah, yeah. There's um, there are there are a few different projects looking in in that are coming here, and one really big one that yeah. I don't know if it's been announced. So you can't talk about it. Yeah, guess not. So any of them in Fort Worth? Yeah, yeah. They'll be based in Fort Worth, stories about Fort Worth and, and West Texas. So, cool. Yeah. So that's always the cool thing is that like whenever it's, whenever it's uh, a project that actually like the, the city is a, as a, as a named setting in, you know, you watch a lot of shows and TV shows and, and by design, the writer or director doesn't give any um, geographic, you know, s specific name to where that, so it kind of feels like every town. And then other times it's like the town really is like part of the setting. Specific. So yeah. And so are you are you done with that hat for a season? Are you like, we did it, um, I'm out? Or are you or is like this sort of political world a part of your everyday slash future? Um I think, you know, 
it's as soon as one session's done, like you kind of, we all get together and recap what worked and that and what, what we want to think about for next one. And then yeah, everyone has a little bit of time off, but ultimately too, like we're already thinking about like what, what do we need to be focused on next? And, and what are other things that like the, as soon as honestly, it's the industry is a three-legged stool. Okay. You've got to have the right state incentives. You've got to have the right workforce and you've got to have the studio infrastructure, the buildings and all that mm-hmm. to, to create the work in. And so we knew we first had to have the incentives because without the incentives, there's not going to be any need for a big studio or a big yeah. workforce. So once it was clear, like the incentives were on a good track, we also uh, were fortunate to with, with one-on-one studios, which is the production company behind Yellowstone, 1883, Bass Reeves and mm-hmm. all of these great shows that Sheridan does. Um, so yeah, David Glasser is the CEO of that. And we were fortunate just last month, we launched a new workforce initiative that is now up and running. And it was another one of these things where only in Fort Worth, I think can something like this happen a year ago, uh, John Hermanson, who was the head of production for 18 or Bass Reeves and 1883 came in and said, we got to have more workforce here. There's not enough people to hire. And didn't just say that's a problem. He said, and we want to help. Mm. And so with 101 Studios and the Film Commission and TCC, we now have a certificate program because for a lot of roles in media, you don't have to go to school for four years, mm-hmm. college for four years to work in that role. And so with TCC, there's a certificate program. And in four weeks, you can have a certificate for that was curriculum built out in conjunction with 101 and with the union here and others. Um and then with that certificate, you can kind of stack other interest on top of it. So you could go back for another four-week program on lighting or another four-week program oh, on hair and cool. makeup for film and TV or another on uh, camera. And How cool is that? It's really cool. And so, like, the current, the, the first, like, cohort going through that certificate program is finishing up, I think, like, this week. Mm. And then they'll... You get to work on a TV show. Yeah. And then the, you know, next TV series coming to town already has, like crew spots kind of saved to hire out of that program for. So if anyone listening to this wants to work on those shows and you don't know how to do it, go to TCC's, you know, program for the, uh, like just the film certificate program there. And, um, and that's, so that's been a really cool thing to see, like, and to your question, like, is there an off season? I guess it's like, no, because as soon as we got the incentives, it's like, well, now we need workforce. And then we also need to, get a studio built here. Yeah. So. And I, and I think, man, you can just tell you, you light up when you, when you talk about this. Yeah. Um, you know. And I'm really fortunate to be able to sink in to these things because we have such a great, you know, leadership team and team at Red Productions that still make sure that we don't drop the ball and we're continuing mm-hmm. to deliver on our clients. <laughs> work, give, so. give you the ability to do that, which yeah. also ultimately like it helps your business as well. Mm-hmm. So, okay. You have a call here in like 10 minutes. So we got to, okay. I got to, I got to cut us. I would love <laughs> to have, keep going, but okay. I'm going to ask you a few, a few quick, quick questions. Okay. okay. Bit of advice you would give your younger self, something that, that you learned. If you could go back and talk to DJ red, <laughs> what, what would you say? Um, read the founder's dilemma from HBR it's it's uh, it talks about the idea of every uh, every entrepreneur when you start in business faces a choice early on and some make it unwillingly or unknowingly and it's the choice of do I want to be cash rich or king mm. 
because I think when I read that, I realized like I'm headed down the king path, but I don't want to be king. Mm. I, you know, I don't need to be in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, and I'd much rather everyone, you know, the, the catch rich path is one where you make more money and everyone around you makes more money too. Mm. So, uh, um, you're empowering, yeah, you're delegating, you're building a team. Yeah. And so, and I think the way that helped change my mindset with how I lead our team and we grow our business and the, and then the community here too, that was a big, big game changer. Dude, that's great. I love that. that was going to be one of my questions. Did you have any books or resources yeah. that were pivotal? I don't read. I'm too ADD to read a whole book, <laughs> but that's an article that's a really good okay. uh, read. So. I, lo- I love that. Um, what's your favorite movie? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some rapid questions because we've yeah. got like a couple minutes. Uh, I mean, E.T. Or growing up. E.T.? Yeah, and Back to the Future. Or Spielberg. Yeah. And those were the ones that just like got me just so excited about filmmaking and storytelling. So. I love and I I love uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, so great. Uh, favorite TV show? Mm. Man, in this it's so wild because there's so many now. Uh, great shows out there. But do you have like a pivot? It doesn't have to be current TV show. Like Pat, like, I think I, I really like Lost was one that really changed the game for, oh, for TV, uh, and I loved it too. I mean, like we watched all of that. It was it was so pivotal because it was like it was one of the first ones that you could like stream and binge, mm-hmm. and it was um. And by the binge side of it too, and in the good sense, of it it they started creating TV like books where it was like a chapter you and would read and it wasn't storytelling. Yeah, it wasn't just a repeat of the same story structure each week. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I love love Lost. I love I love Lost. That was a, uh, favorite actor. Hmm. That's that's a hard one. Um, uh, I mean, Tom Hanks obviously is like mm-hmm. incredible, uh, but like out of out of people we work with, like I don't know, we've been fortunate to work with so many great actors over the years. Um, Jake Lacey was such a talented actor and great person to work with, and uh, um, Matt Jones, who was on Breaking Bad, he committed to be in one of our movies. With like two days notice, we had the lead drop out and over Thanksgiving, he read the script and like showed up to set Monday Nuh-uh. and it was, he killed it. Oh, it, it, that, it was like him being cast two days a bad idea gone wrong is why we won best cast with like he and, and Will Rogers in bad idea gone wrong. Wow. So That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, favorite director? Andrew Disney. Oh, really? <laughs> you went local. First, first uh, went local. Know, two films we did and still great friend and, and uh, creative collaborator. So. And what about like big, big time director? You mentioned Spielberg. Uh, Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan. Yeah. It's so cool to see what, what he's doing here and, and I love it. So That's awesome. And what's next? What's next for you? What's next for us? We, uh, you know, we're going to, we've got a few documentaries that are coming out right now and we'll, we'll should be out. I think by the time this plays uh one's called show business is my life but i can't prove it and it's a film about gary mule deer and we've got steve martin and letterman and leno and conan in it all talking about this comedian who you don't know his name probably gary mule deer and it's a great look back at success in the industry and being okay with not like making it as one of those a-list names mm. they're all in our film and they're all talking about how they're like envy gary too influenced for, like, by this guy yeah 
So that's a fun one. Check it out. It's available on all VOD platforms and Amazon. Uh, and then we have a, the Clyburn Crescendo is a, a feature documentary about the Clyburn competition that's going to be world premiering at Lone Star Film Festival. No, the world premiere was in South Korea where the guy that won Clyburn is from uh, a few months ago. But we'll have the North America premiere here. And that'll be fun to get to bring it home to where we shot it. Um, and then next, next is like, as far as what we're shooting, we are gearing up to shoot the feature scripted version of Fruitcake, that documentary we talked about earlier in the spring here. And so that'll be really fun to cool. finally get across the finish line. Cause we've been working on that one for a while with a COVID derail. Disrupt- derail so. Well, fun, man. I appreciate you sharing the story and, and I, I, I am so, you know, grateful for all, all that you've done for Fort Worth. I just, it just, you, you have helped make it a more fun place to live and put Fort Worth on the map. And so it, it's, it's been fun, man. I feel like I've gotten to reap the rewards, 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 and be- yeah. benefits of, of just, I mean, it, it's really cool to have TV shows and movies filmed here and just, you know, and, just, and seeing people in the stockyard. There's so many people, like tourists now coming into our city. Yeah. Um, which is cool. It's like we both love the city, and, and to get to share that sort of with the world, uh, you've you've gotten to to play a pivotal role in it. So, well, thanks, man. I'm grateful it's, for it. Thanks for doing what you're doing here, both with this podcast and your businesses here, and just like being an inspiring entrepreneur and helping share stories of other entrepreneurs. It's really cool because, you know, I think the other big thing we always talked about, and, and especially in self-employed with Jonathan, is like we believe so much in like collaboration over competition. Mm-hmm. And that's always been like why that's why we started the, you know, I wanted to start the film commission here. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, I want, I love that Fort Worth is, is growing into a more creative hotbed and, mm-hmm. and that so many people are looking to it now as far as like, we have so many friends from Austin. They're like moving up here. Cause they're like, this feels like, uh, you know, what Austin used to be. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Congratulations, you made it all the way to the end. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Stories with Soul. If you enjoyed the interview and like what you heard, please help us out and share, subscribe, and like anywhere you listen to podcasts. When you share and subscribe, it is insanely helpful and allows us to keep producing new episodes. You can always join us directly in the studio by watching the video version on our website, 6thavstorytelling.com. Stories with Soul is brought to you by 6 Ave Storytelling, an organic marketing company building standout brands on the foundation of story. You're obsessed with your business and we want to make the world obsessed with it too. Thanks for listening.